With the recent news of robots going crazy and the threat of AI taking over the world, many are saying that AI is the image of the beast. But is this true, or is the image of the beast something much more sinister? Well, let's find out. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Dance of Life podcast, and I'm Tudor Alexander. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe on my website to stay in touch with all of my content so that YouTube or whatever other platform that this is being posted to doesn't ban it or censor it or shadow ban it or shadow whatever. You just never know these days. So make sure you subscribe on my website. A lot of great resources there for you as well. There's the news archive. There's the health archive. A lot of just really solid research that I want to share with people that can edify you, whether you are looking to get healthier, whether you're looking to catch up on the latest news. And ultimately, I know that a lot of people are covering news. I don't cover news just to cover news. I cover very unique stories. I cover very unique perspectives because not too many people are talking about the things that they should be talking about. Let's put it that way. So the News Archive is a great library for you. And my goal is to create a very unique place for you to find information and to be edified. So make sure you subscribe on the website. But today we're talking about artificial intelligence. Boy, that's a that's a hot topic today. And as you'll soon see with all of the headlines, it is getting increasingly more uh, conversed about. It's very, very prevalent in our culture today. And the question is, is part of this uptick in stories and maybe events that are happening is this by design? Because a lot of people are believing that AI is the image of the beast. And everybody's, oh my gosh, here's the image of the beast. It's being constructed, or maybe it's already here. And the beast system and all these types of things, which are very important conversation. However, however, there's a big asterisk there with, with the however, which is that if you're talking about the wrong things, and you're paying attention to the wrong things, then you are falling right into the trap of the actual beast, which doesn't want its identity made known, and which is putting forward all of these various theories and ideas to get people to talk about the wrong things. So today we're going to explore this very interesting topic. So I hope you'll stay with me because we have a lot of things to look at. And we're going to also look at the Bible. We're going to look and see after all the stories and things we're going to cover that are current events, we're going to look at what the Bible really has to say about this, because as usual, my goal with these news updates is not to cover the news. There are, there are news items that are important, but I select them in order to help you think critically. There's Everybody's covering the news. There's news every day. News is like everywhere. But the question is, what are you paying attention to and how is it making you think? This is very important. How is it making, how, what is the effect on your cognition? What is the effect on your ability to see critically, to have discernment? This is my goal, is really to make these edu educational as possible. So without further ado, let's let's take a look at some of these headlines. And of course, we, we start with something very important, which is, you know, I find these and collect them, but this is a reel on the Terminator. I'm actually, let me put my headphones on. Okay, this is a reel from somebody about the Terminator. So let's see. I picked this because it'll set the mood for today. So hopefully you'll see what I see. I am not stupid, you know. They cannot make things like that yet. Not yet. Not for about 40 years. <gasps> Did you catch that? 40 years. Wait a minute. Terminator was 1984. 40 years is 2024. That's this year. Does that mean this is predictive programming? You know Hollywood tells you everything in advance, right? Does that mean Skynet's going to be launched soon? AI, the image of the beast? It's all coming true. Well, not so fast. Let's take a look at some of these headlines. Tesla robot attacks an engineer at company's factory during violent malfunction, leaving trail of blood and forcing workers to hit emergency button. Now, there's nothing funny about this, but the way that they're wording this, again... Hopefully after today, you will be able to see through these things and, and see what's going on. Now, I don't know if this is actually even real. Who knows? Maybe they're staging these things for a particular agenda because AI does have an agenda. And hopefully today you'll be able to learn 
what that agenda really is. Nevertheless, notice how they word these things. Trail of blood, forcing workers to hit the... It's like literally out of a movie. Perhaps maybe the Terminator. All right, let's see what it has to say. A Tesla engineer was attacked by a robot during a brutal and bloody malfunction at the company's Giga Texas factory in Austin. Two witnesses watched in horror as their fellow employee was attacked by the machine designed to grab and move freshly cast aluminum car parts. The robot had pinned the man who was then programming software for two disabled Tesla robots nearby before sinking its metal claws into the worker's back and arm. My goodness, leaving a trail of blood along the factory surface. This, if it actually happened, is crazy. Absolutely. Nevertheless, obviously there there is language here that is being used to describe a very vivid situation. So pay attention to that. Two robots, this is from MSN. Two robots are patrolling downtown Denver Denver parking garages. Are more coming? (gasps) Just to get you to get all excited about these things. Look at these little R2-D2 type things. Lodimus Prime and his sidekick Dave roam two downtown Denver parking garages every day, watching people park their cars and rush off to their appointments near in nearby office buildings. If a person lingers too long, Lodimus Prime or Dave will start a countdown. Then the robots call their human security backup. They resemble R2-D2. Gosh, I'm sure that's by design but without the bleeps, boops, and squeaks emitted by the famous Star Wars droid, of course. The robots went to work in the Little Towers garage and yada, yada, yada. You can read more about it. But these things are pretty... They started, I believe, in Dubai. This is definitely going to be the norm in the coming years as they roll this out slowly. They do these things slowly. They do them with parking lots and garages. Then pretty soon they're going to you know, make them a little more aggressive, put them in every street corner. It's it's coming for sure. This is going to be part of the system. AI is going to be part of the final system. However, what you are being told about what these things mean is not true. And, and you'll see that as we, we go on here and we kind of expose all this stuff. This next one's from Amazon. Amazon Fleet of Amazon's fleet of half-ton automated warehouse robots are injuring staff forced to work alongside the roving machines, new report reveals. While Amazon has hundreds of thousands of robot vehicles working in warehouses, stupid ads, across the country, new study shows that devices may lead to more workplace injuries and increased strain on the employees. Amazon and its rivals are increasingly requiring warehouse employees to work with robots. The company currently has more than 200,000 robotic vehicles called drives, moving goods through its delivery fulfillment centers in the U.S., more than double the number of bots it had last year. It's crazy if you think about it. I mean, it's, it's just crazy where this is really going, but this is the future. However, new studies reveal that the mobile half-ton roving robots are creating new forms of stress, strain, and unease in working environments. A new reveal report by the Center of Investigative Reporting showed that warehouses with these robot devices reported more injuries than those without after assessing 28 Amazon warehouses in 16 states. The report also found a correlation between robots and safety problems. Now, look, absolutely there is. I feel very bad for these people working in these conditions because, first off, they're not paid what they deserve. They're very stressed out. They, they don't get a lot of time off. They have to deal with this experimental technology. I mean, they're basically guinea pigs. It's it's a horrible thing. I really feel for these Amazon workers. And of course, it's it's not going anywhere. It's going to get, keep getting worse because consumerism is increasing and becoming more and more automated. So yeah, I really feel for these people. However, the frequency of these kinds of stories is... Something to pay attention to. The media today, you have to remember, is extremely controlled. Nothing happens on the media by accident. We do not we do not live in the day of journalism anymore. We don't live in a day of journalism. We live in a day of controlled narratives, meaning everything that comes to your desk, to your phone, to your computer, whatever, to your awareness, is there by design. It's intended to have, because think about all the news that does happen that you don't hear. 
because it doesn't serve the agenda, right? So ultimately, when you see these things, that's why I pick them from mainstream sources. Not because I'm mainstream, but because you can see what the narrative is. This is the point. You have to see the meta-narrative between these stories. What are, what are they choosing to highlight? And what does that mean about where they're going? Now, if you have solid understanding of the end times, which I discuss in my end time series, I'll put a link to that in the uh, description to the video, especially the image of the beast episode. You're going to learn quite a lot about what the actual image of the beast is. We'll talk about a, a little bit about it today. But the point is, if you have solid biblical understanding, you can interpret these little narratives very differently than most people, rather than just indexing them as just, oh, just another thing that happened with robots. Well, no, there's something going on here why there's a frequency of these of these stories, like those reels that I saw uh, showed you with um, the Terminator movie and predictive programming, and all these things are really coming to a head. But we still have some more things to cover, so let's let's get to it. From the robot, this is from Daily Mail, from the robo-surgeon that killed, dry, that killed, let's see what it says, it's patient to the driverless car that ran over a pedestrian. Worst robotic accidents in history after chess robot breaks seven-year-old boy's finger in Russia. So basically this kid was playing chess. Let's read about it a little bit. Shocking footage emerged at the weekend of a chess-playing robot breaking a child's finger during a match in Russia. The robot grabbed the seven-year-old boy's finger at the Moscow Open last week because it was confused by his overly quick movements. Russian media outlets reported. Sergei Lazarev, vice president of the Russian Chess Federation, said the child had violated certain safety rules making a move too soon. You can watch. I think there's a little clip here somewhere. Yeah, there you go. So he puts his hand and boop. <laughs> I mean, that that sucks. You know, that, that's that's crazy. I don't trust machines whatsoever. I, you know, I would never get in a self-driving car I, I mean, look at this thing. This thing could just go berserk and start killing people, you know, well, at least you're, if you're in range of this thing. I mean, it's just crazy. Okay, now this one is AI is the image of the beast. So this is exactly now we're getting in the meat and potatoes of what I want to talk about. Let's see here. At your local mall in Central Florida, at the Florida Mall, you can find on show the Tesla robot dropping next year. And this is what the Tesla robot's gonna be able to do. This Tesla bot, aka Optimus, is a humanoid robot designed to complete jobs that are competitive, boring, or dangerous for humans. Tesla bot's design was inspired by the human form, so it can cause tools. It can, it can... Did you catch that? Human form? <gasps> Image of the beast. Use to human tools, carry objects, and work in factories. Tesla bot uses the same AI technology as Tesla vehicles, allowing it to navigate the world safely and efficiently. Now, people already know Tesla vehicles have had a crazy history of just recklessness. So this is being highlighted. Now, I'm not saying this guy is like trying to do anything nefarious, but he is playing into the narrative. So let's keep going. We are officially the end of time with my brothers and my sisters. Agreed. If Now, I agree with that last part, and God will use all of this trickery and narrative from the real beast to try to distract people for the good, because people will think, oh my gosh, maybe this is true, I need to repent. So God will use it for the good. Those he is purposed to save will come to Christ from seeing such things and saying, oh my gosh, maybe this is true. The Bible is true. Of course, the, the Bible doesn't warn you that AI is the image of the beast, and this is what we want to get to, because there's an important reason why this is being put into the culture. And having discernment is very important. But nonetheless, he's also right that the future is going to be with robots. Yeah, robots and AI are going to be part of the final system. That's the easiest way to enforce the eventual obedience of the mark of the beast. But we have a little little bit to go until we get there. Let's look at this next one. This is, now this is, this is a search on YouTube. If you look in, for example, AI image of the beast, image of the beast and AI, artificial intelligence, the image of the beast. So these are like really, I mean, <laughs> asking AI to draw the Antichrist in person and look at the picture. It's a picture of the Pope. Well, AI knows something. 
I asked an AI to show me hell. Okay, so you see, there's just all this AI stuff. Is AI the image of the beast? I mean, it's just, it is so prevalent. You can get hours and hundreds of hours of content for searching AIs. Is AI the image of the beast? This is Rumble. AI Elvis and the image of the beast. <laughs> there's my episode for some reason. I guess it's got some good views. Let's go watch it. End times. Number 19, image of the beast. Digital AI image of the beast, big picture documentary. So you see all these evil robots and they're coming after you. And oh my gosh, it's it's happening. I mean, look at all of this stuff. It, it is just very much in the consciousness of people and culture right now. And this is this is the thing to pay attention to because look, before I move on, one more very important point. If something is popular and a lot of people are talking about it, chances are it's not the truth. And I, and I really hate to say that, but this is the world we live in. The Bible warns you of deception, of false prophets, false teachings, falling away. You know, the image of the beast, people are being deceived to worship it. So there's a lot of deception in the end times. Meaning, think critically now, meaning if something is like, popular and everybody's talking about it and everybody's catching on to it it's not the truth it can't be the bible warns you that there's going to be massive deception meaning the thing that is the truth most people are not going to realize it it's not going to be obvious so when you see like everybody talking about ai is the image of the beast again take a step back look at the meta narrative look at the pattern Everybody's doing it. Everybody's talking about it. That means it must not be the truth. At least not the full truth. Like that guy that we just saw. Yeah, I agree that robots are going to become more and more part of society. It's the easiest way for them to enforce obedience. Absolutely. But AI is not the image of the beast. Very important because the image of the beast reveals to you not only who the beast is. Of course, the Bible tells you who the beast is, but the image of the beast reveals to you the nature of what is coming upon society, the final system that people will pay their obedience to. So, of course, if you're the actual beast, you don't want people to know that. You don't want people to know the real threat, the direction that people are headed to. You want them to be distracted with a shiny carrot of, you know, some other threat that's not really... It's partly true because we can see these things. We can see robots taking over society, taking over jobs, injuring people. Yeah, I'm sure part of those stories are true. Maybe some of them are false flags. I don't really know. In either case, they're real. The, the robots being part of society is a real thing. So this is what they do. They give you a half-truth and they lace it with a lie. Robots are hurting people. The Terminator said that in 2024, the Skynet would go online. Well, look, it's happening. Predictive programming, it's being fulfilled. Well, not so fast. You have to use biblical hermeneutics to interpret the Bible. Otherwise, you're going to come up with all kinds of theories. But if you search for AI as the image of the beast, this is not like, I mean, it's, it's a very popular thing. It's a very common thing. If you look in BitChute, same thing. Jesuits want you to miss the rapture. Now, this is a funny title. AI, the pathway to the image of the beast. This is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Jesuits, which everybody should know about. I talk about them quite a bit. Sure. Want you to miss the rapture. No, they do not. They invented the rapture, dude. The Jesuits created futurism in order to hide the identity of Mystery Babylon, which is the Catholic Church. Rapture and dispensationalism and Jewish-focused end times views, this is all Jesuit invention. So do you see how what a mishmash of of ideas like the Jesuits? Yeah, everybody knows. Oh, if you if you're in on the you know conspiracy pill, you know about the Jesuits. Hopefully, you know a little bit about them. So there's some truth. They, they're the bad guys. They want you to miss the rapture. Oh, so the rapture must be real and it must be a good thing. So is the AI the pathway to the image? Of the, so you see, all these things are being combined into one mishmash of things, which is just nonsense. AI will, will write a new Bible, one that is correct. They will worship the image of the beast. Oh my gosh, AI is going to write the new Bible. And we're going to use the fake Bible and that's the image of the beast? AI image of the beast, revelation of spiritual. We're going to, I think we're going to watch this video next, but you can see there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff on this 
AI image of the beast. It's a very common thing. That's why I decided to talk about it because it's false. It's a deception. But let's look at this. This is a video of another video of a performance, which is also relevant. Look at this. I think this is like a rave. It's like a holographic AI demon. I mean, this is, look, this is idolatry on a new level. <laughs> look at this. A giant, seemingly alive idol that you're basically bowing down to. Yeah, so this guy's commenting on it. But, I mean, look, this is very common these days. I used to go to EDM festivals. Why do you think I like all this dance music for my intros? But nonetheless, this is modern day adultery. I mean, this is just demonic. They're giving life to these images. They are images. And they're giving life to them. And people are, there's the DJ. He's basically the God that you're worshiping. And he's summoning the demon. And you're just giving your worship and your energy to that. It's crazy. Which is, this is, you can, if you have, you don't have to have perfect eschatology if you have good discernment as a Christian, you can look at this and say, yeah, this is pretty crazy. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. This is just next level pagan worship, which it is. It is demonic. There is a demonic aspect to artificial intelligence. Now, if you know your history, if you know how they have been in communion with these fallen spirits, I mean, gosh, there's so much to talk about this stuff, but even with like NASA and the CIA in the 20th century, all of that stuff, how they were in communion with demons, CERN. Science and artificial intelligence and even like quantum physics and stuff, all these things have been a result of communing with demons. Because what did the fallen angels do when they came to Earth? If you know from the Book of Enoch, from basically other narratives as well, like Sumerian narratives, all these things testify to a group of beings that came and shared knowledge with mankind and shared all sorts of knowledge. Now that knowledge was designed to destroy us, but of course at the time people didn't have discernment and so they thought it was a good thing and there's nothing new under the sun. All these technological marvels like artificial intelligence are being created and being whispered to these people from the other side and, and they're designed to bring about this world system and to enforce it. Absolutely. Technology is going to, because again, the Bible tells you what, that the image of the, the mark of the beast will be something that you will not be able to buy or sell. Everybody's going to be under it one way or another. Either you're going to accept it or you're not going to accept it and you'll face the consequences. But how, have you ever thought about how genius that is? Because the Bible basically tells you this is going to happen with a digital system. If, if, you're a, if you're not able to buy or sell, that means how can they control that? How can they possibly control that? Well, you can control that with a digital system. So that is on the horizon. And the way to do that is through artificial intelligence. So all of this is on point. And for sure, you can see these events like, you know, um, like this, whatever this rave is. And, and there's idolatry and, you know, again, images are associated to statues that are being worshipped. Now these are like living images that people are worshipping. For sure, there, there is some overlap there in the sense that it might make you think I, AI is the image of the beast, but the image of the beast is a specific term. It's a very specific term with a specific meaning that's used in Revelation 13. We'll, we'll look at it, but I just want you to see that the seduction of this AI narrative. It's very seductive because it is true. I mean, you look at, for example, this video we just watched and it's like, man, this is pretty crazy. Elon Musk, we are summoning the demon with artificial intelligence. Of course, Elon, this was a couple of years ago, I believe. Yeah, in 2014. And a very popular thing which people are like, oh, you see, this is, you know, image of the beast. Elon, the Neuralink thing that Elon is bringing about. While he believes smart machines can take us to Mars and drive our cars for us, Musk remains worried that artificial intelligence holds the dark holds a darker potential. With artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon, Musk said last week in at the MIT Aeronautics and Astron Astronautics Department, 2014 Centennial Symposium. You know all those stories where the guy with the pentagram and the holy water, and he's like, yeah. 
He's sure he can control the demon, but it doesn't work out. Well, I don't know about the stories where the guy has holy water and a pentagram. It's usually one or the other, so I don't know what you're talking about, Elon. But yeah, usually when you try to play with the supernatural, you're going to get burned. This has become a recurring theme in Musk's public comments, and each time he warns of the AI boogeyman, it seems even more dire. Now look, okay, one more paragraph, and then I'll say something. (laughs) In June, Musk raised the specter of the Terminator, there you go, franchise, saying that he invests in companies working on artificial intelligence just to be able to keep an eye on the technology. Sure you do, Elon, sure you do. In August, he reiterated his concerns in a tweet, writing that AI is potentially more dangerous than nukes. If Elon says it, then maybe it is the image of the beast. Just a few weeks ago, Musk half-joked on a different stage that a future AI system tasked with eliminating spam might decide that the best way to accomplish this task is to eliminate humans. And again, he's drawing on popular sentiments. He's drawing on popular movies and things that we've all seen. We've all seen The Terminator. Hopefully you've seen it. You know, it's a classic movie, but ultimately everybody's seen that. Everybody has seen something to do with AI in at least the last 20 years while the sci-fi stuff that's come out. They've put it in your face, this idea that technology will be the ultimate boogeyman. And they're creating these stories and these events to bring about this reality, to, to bring about at least the feeling AI is the thing you need to watch out for. Pay attention there. Don't don't pay attention to other things. Just like they do with Israel. Pay attention to Israel. Look at the Middle East. That's why I cover all the other things that people aren't covering. Like the Pope in China, like I did last week, I believe, or maybe the week before. Either way, the point is you have to look where people aren't looking. Everybody's looking at AI. Elon Musk, if you remember... He dated a Satanist witch. I think he had a kid with her, maybe two, I don't remember. And then he, I know he went to Transylvania with um, Angelina Jolie. Like recently, he was wearing like a, you know, like a devil outfit. He went to, you know, Transylvania Castle. Who knows what the heck they're doing? I mean, look, For people who idolize Elon, you need to realize that nobody gets that rich without being a puppet. Elon is not some genius that made his way to the top through like, you know, effort and, you know, just being lucky or whatever. Elon was propped up. If you know his story and how he basically became wealthy, he was propped up. There's nothing special about how he made it. It's nothing new under the sun. Elon is controlled opposition. And he's a wild card, really, because he's always swinging either to the left or to the right. He's designed to just create more confusion. And so the things that he's saying with with this AI being, you know, oh my gosh, it's the demon. It's like, those things are by design. Again, to add to the narrative. To the narrative that the beast is creating. So now let's look at one more headline, which is very relevant. It's from the Vatican. Pope's prayer for peace in our war-torn world. As the church celebrates the World Day of Peace and the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, we explore the visual and existential contrast between war and peace, accompanied by Pope Francis' prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Of course, every chance he gets, he will divert attention from Christ. Man of Sin. Besides New Year's Day in much of the world, Catholics also celebrate the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, and the World Day of Peace, which this year sees its 57th edition. Bible warns you that by peace he'll destroy many, but moving on. In the video above, produced by Gabriela Serraso and Andrea Moneta, we witness the juxtaposition of the consequences of peace and war. Dark to light. Offering a visual reminder of the devastation wrought by conflict. Pope's 2024 message, Day of Peace, Peace Day of Message. For his 2024 World Day of Peace message, Pope Francis has chosen to reflect on the theme, artificial intelligence and peace. Isn't that just something? If you've watched any of my content, any of my videos, any of my end time series, you will really smirk and chuckle inside at this particular headline. He explores the ethical dimensions of new AI technologies, saying they are revolutionizing all spheres of human life. 
Of course they are. New digital tools are even now changing the face of communications, public administration, education, consumption, personal interactions, and countless other aspects of our daily lives, he notes. The Pope also urges world leaders to put in place policies that ensure AI development will ultimately serve the cause of human fraternity and peace. Again, if you know how to interpret snake talk, there are certain buzzwords that should perk your ears up. If you know what a finnick fox is, one of the cutest little foxes in the world, they have huge ears. They can practically hear like satellite dishes, right? That's how you should be when you read anything coming out of the Vatican or anything that the Pope says. Because when he says that they should ultimately serve the cause of human fraternity and peace, who is telling you that? The Pope is telling you that, the man of sin the representative of the beast system, the real beast system, which we're going to identify very shortly. But he's telling you that human fraternity, now fraternity is a Jesuit buzzword, meaning new world order. By peace he shall destroy many. So what is his message? His behind-the-scenes message for those who are in the know and understand the snake talk. The snake is speaking and telling you, AI will be used for the New World Order agenda, for the peace that is coming. We need to make sure of that, is what he's saying. It is my prayer at the start of the new year that rapid development of forms of artificial intelligence will not increase cases of inequality and injustice, all to present, all to in, in, all to present in today's world, but will help put an end to wars and conflicts and alleviate many forms of suffering that afflict our human family. How do you put an end to conflict with AI, I wonder, other than having a one-world system that is controlled in part or maybe in full through AI? Who knows? Maybe the mark of the beast. As the world marks a new year, Pope Francis prayed that all peoples might embrace new technologies in a way that turns them into forces for good. So there you go. The Pope is for you embracing artificial intelligence as a force for fraternity and peace. Of course he is, because that's going to be the thing eventually that you'll have to do through the mark of the beast. Now, the mark of the beast is not artificial intelligence. I've talked about the mark of the beast. It's a spiritual test of obedience. There will be a spiritual quality to it. I talk about that in depth in my series. But the point is that it will be enforced, and you will be asked to either obey or to be shut out from society or killed, potentially. And of course, the Pope is embracing, it's telling you to embrace this future reality. Do you see the point? May Christian believers, followers of various religions, and men and women of goodwill work together in harmony to embrace the opportunities and confront the challenges posed by the digital revolution and thus hand on to future generations a world of greater solidarity and justice and peace, i.e., may everybody bring about the new world order where they will come and worship the beast. This is what it's all about, and this is what it boils down to, because the author of this whole mark, or I should say image of the beast being artificial intelligence, is the beast. It's a Jesuit psyop. It's a Jesuit psyop designed to give you a little truth that, yeah, AI and robots are a dangerous thing, for sure. You can see that. But it's that little bit of danger strikes your nervous system and it makes you get distracted. And then they can insert the narrative. This is what happens. When you have a fear of something or a desire of something, the Bible tells you not to go to the left or to the right. Now, the devil is very smart with duality, and that's how he throws you off balance. He throws you either to the left or to the right. Politically speaking, either emotionally, fear or desire, it's always something. Because once you're in a state of emotional momentum, one way or another, it doesn't matter, you're easy to manipulate. If you're afraid of the big bad boogeyman of AI and robots and stuff, you're not thinking critically anymore. So then in that state of anxiety, even if it's subconscious anxiety, subliminal anxiety, they can insert this idea of, well, maybe it's the image of the beast. You see, predictive programming, Terminator 2024. Oh my gosh, even the Pope's talking against it. Seems like it. He's not really, but 
You see the you see the way that this is woven in culture, and most people are buying it because they don't understand what the Bible says. They don't. So I urge you to go check out my end time series so that you're familiar with these things, especially episode 19, where we talk about the image of the beast. You can watch it all ad-free on my website. I'll put the link below. But let's look at what the Bible has to say. And this is in Revelation 13, the first beast. Now, here's the thing. I said the image of the beast is something very specific. The image of the beast in the Bible is an image of the first beast. Do you see why this is the first most important point? It's not just some generic beast system or some new world order or some globalist communist deep state or WEF. No. In order for you to know what the image of the beast is, you have to identify the first beast, which is what the Bible reveals to you in Revelation 13, because that's the image of what the beast is. Or I should say that is the beast's image other way around. The image of the beast is the image of the first beast in Revelation 13. So now let's read about the first beast. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with 10 horns and seven heads with 10 diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. Keep in mind these things. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard and its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to, the dra- and to it, the dragon gave its power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who can fight against it? So everybody's marveling after this beast. And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty, haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months, 1260 days. But they are prophetic days, very important. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. It also was allowed to make war on the saints and conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation, and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain, i.e., God has predestined those who he is going to save, and there's nothing the devil can do about it. Those who are going to be saved will wake up to the truth. And that is my goal with these episodes, is to help you wake up to the truth. If you listen, God has purpose to work in your life. You will see these things for what they are. Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next year. But you will see it because those who have been written in the book of the name, the book of the Lamb, slain before the foundation of the world, will wake up to the truth. Moving on. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. Indeed. If anyone is to be taken captive to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with a sword, with a sword, he must be slain. There, Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. And of course, God will persevere his saints. He'll give you the endurance and he'll give you the provision to, to endure whatever's coming, whatever that happens to be and however it's going to roll out. But now we need to ask ourselves some serious questions about this beast because John gives you some very distinct identifiers about the first beast. In Revelation 1, it says that there were Blasphemous names on its heads. Now, the first beast, I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert, and we're going to work backwards and see how it compares. The first beast was the papacy. The papacy being the the Catholic system, the Christian nationalist system that basically ruled the modern world for a very long time. Now, if that's the case, let's see if we're right on that assertion, if history testifies against the Catholic Church. The, the many diadems on its heads and blasts those names on its heads, basically. Well, having a name on your head is your identity. We know the Pope was called Our Lord God the Pope. There's plenty of documentation for that. He was called Our Lord the Pope. He's called the Vicar of Christ, meaning in place of Christ, blasphemous title. He's called the Holy Father, which is a title only for God the Father. 
There's as many blasphemous names that the Pope has taken upon himself. The Pope has also worn the papal tiara. They don't wear it anymore, but they wore it for many, many centuries. Three tiaras, which really, in the in the esoteric meaning of that, there's exoteric and esoteric, meaning what they tell you on the outside and what they tell you what they actually believe on the inside. Three diadems is basically saying you're king over the underworld, the earth, and heaven. Of course, that's a counterfeit of Christ, who has the keys to death in Hades, who wears the multiple diadems in Revelation. It's a counterfeit. But nonetheless, Revelation 1 identifies with the Catholic Church. Then you have Revelation 2. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Well, we know the Catholic Church has had massive authority. That's true. But now this beast is, if you look at the description of this, now people are comparing this, this is another big error, is they compare it to the statue in front of the UN that was built relatively recently. That is, that is basically, again, gosh, man, if things are obvious, learn to realize that they are trying to deceive you. If something is obvious and low-hanging fruit, that is the devil's tactic from day one to deceive you. That what's obvious, what's flesh-based, what's physical? When they built that statue of, of the beast, of a beast that basically mimics what, what the uh, book of Revelation talks about with feet like a bear, mouth like a lion, you know, saw like a leopard, these types of things, that beast that they built on the lawn or the courtyard of the UN, people are talking about, you see, the UN is the beast. In fact, I didn't even include this in today's episode, but you can look it up. Look up, you know, UN statue beast. And it's like they're, they're trying so hard to bait you into believing their narrative, into going with the idea that the dark, the dark side, the communists, the World Economic Forum, that's the beast. And that's the one they're trying to, to bring about the new world order. And of course, we're going to conquer that. We the people. We the people are going to conquer the dark. And we're going to usher in a new golden age. This is what's happening. Because people are buying into these false teachings. The UN statue is there to distract you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a replica of what John probably saw. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows what John actually saw. We just read what he saw. But it's there designed to evoke that experience. And again, it's there very intentionally with the UN. Everybody knows the UN is very, you know, New World Order type of organization. So it's there to be very obvious for you. But here's the problem. The problem is that beasts in the book of Revelation and Daniel, which, again, if you've watched my series, Revelation and Daniel are very parallel books. Too many people today read Revelation without understanding Daniel. And that is to their discredit, because that's how you make up false teachings, by reading things out of context. But if you do think, but if you do read things in context, you'll see that Daniel talks about these beasts, a lion, a bear, a leopard. And these are beasts that represent kingdoms. Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and of course there's the terrible beast, which is not necessarily mentioned, but the terrible beast is Rome, and there's a power that comes out of Rome, now I'm talking about Daniel now, that has, it's called the little horn power, and the little horn power has striking similarities to the first beast in John's revelation, because the little, little horn power utters blasphemies, he's persecuting the saints, which we'll get to, he rules for 1260 days, and of course, if you understand the book of Daniel, you realize that the prophecies in Daniel, like the 1260-day prophecy, are actually years. And there's a very good reason for that that I go into in my series. It has to do with Daniel's 70 weeks. The time prophecies in Daniel, which are mirrored in Revelation, specifically the 1260-day prophecy, are actually talking about years. The whole idea that these are literal days was created by the Jesuits during the Counter-Reformation to make you think of a different reality. Because if you consider them as years, 
Now you're looking in history to see which power fulfilled this particular prophecy. Of course, the Catholic Church fulfilled that prophecy because it ruled officially from 538 AD when the Pope was made the corrector of heresies by Justinian. He was made the Grand Poobah, basically. He took over. And in 1798, something very interesting happened, which we'll get to in just a moment. But Revelation verse 2 confirms that this is talking about the Catholic Church, because the Catholic Church is a conglomerate of all of these empires. Remember the order, Babylon, which came first, then you had Persia, Medo-Persia, then Greece, then Rome, and then there's a power that's different like the rest that comes out of Rome. Well, that's the Catholic papacy, and that Catholic system is a combination of all of these empires together. Mystery Babylon, Greco-Roman architecture, Greco-Roman values, Babylonian traditions, Persian, Medo-Persian traditions. I go into all this stuff in my mystery, in the episodes on Mystery Babylon. There's two of them. The Woman Riding the Beast and Exposing Mystery Babylon. But nonetheless, this power is not a person. The beast is a system. And that system, according to John, is a conglomerate of all of these previous empires, which again, it matches the description in Daniel of the little horn, the power that comes out of Rome, out of the fourth empire. And that power is different than all the rest. According to John, who now colors in where we had shadows, Daniel gives you the big picture. Then John comes in and colors in those shadows, goes back to the little horn, sees him as a first beast. It's an empire. It's a system. And it gives you colors. It's a conglomerate power. Now, well, let's see what else this power is doing. In Revelation 13, verse 3, it says, One of the heads seemed to have a mortal wound. Now, what happened? But its mortal wound was healed. <gasps> and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. So this system, which is a political power, seemed like it was destroyed. That's another marker in history we can look at. Does that apply to the Catholic Church? The answer is yes. 1798, the Pope was arrested by Napoleon's general Berthier, and the papacy was declared to be at an end. Imagine a power that ruled with an iron fist through a worldwide empire seemed to come to an end. But of course, if you know your history, it just went underground. And you also know that the Jesuits created the French Revolution and arranged that whole thing with the Pope being arrested. One of its heads, not all of its heads, one of its heads seemed like it had a mortal wound. But John also tells you that this beast comes back to power and people marveled after it when it healed. 1929, the Vatican was created. And ever since then, people have been increasingly marveling after the Pope, after the Catholic system. Sounds crazy. It really does. But I go into great detail about this and how the future is a Christian nationalist system. The Catholicization of culture, the blurring of the lines between various denominations, thanks to ecumenism and pop culture and things like the prosperity gospel and mega churches. These are the false signs and wonders that are being woven to create the image of the beast. But we'll get to that in just a second. Revelation 13, 4, they worship the dragon. They're marveling after this beast. Who is like it? Who can make war with this system? It is just so amazing. The beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. We talked about this part, but we didn't talk about the many blasphemous things that the beast has uttered, like Mary being an intercessor, like praying to saints, praying for the dead, purgatory, Sunday Sabbath, changing God's calendar and times, uh, you know, transubstantiation, on and on, infant baptism, on and on and on and on through religion, it has made the sanctuary, which is the plan of salvation, desolate. Catholicism, or the institutionalization of Christianity, is the abomination of desolation. It is the abomination that created desolation within the sanctuary, which is the plan of salvation. Nobody goes through the door, thanks to the Catholic system. 
and its effects in the world and its denominations. Now, of course, there are saved people within denominations. Even within the Catholic Church, I think there are definitely people whom God has purposed to save. One way or another, they're going to get the full truth, and you don't have to have perfect theology to be saved. However, the Catholic system as a system is the abomination of desolation. It is the beast system with its personal representative in the Pope, the little horn with the eyes of a man that speaks blasphemous things. So yeah, this applies to the Catholic Church. Revelation 6, it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies. That's very true. The Pope is always, we just read an article with the Pope where he's gathering everybody and then instead of glorifying Christ, what does he do? He prays to Mary. He directs all of that worship away from Christ. Blasphemy. He, he's the man of sin. He's the one who is supposed to be in between you and God. Ordained by God as the villain of the story, at least one of them, one of the big ones. Revelation 13, verse 7. It was also allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority has given it to it over every tribe, people, and language, and nation. Well, this definitely applies to the Catholic Church. It was an empire that was not just in Europe and by proxy through the Middle East, through Islam. Of course, that didn't turn out so well because Islam eventually wanted to conquer Europe. But nonetheless, Islam was a Catholic creation. And also through Spain, through the, through the mercantile powers of Europe, conquering South America, conquering North America. I mean, it's crazy. The Catholic Church has influenced literally the whole world. Now, it also says that it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. Now, if you know your history about the Inquisition, Sunday law persecutions throughout the last 2,000 years, through the Crusades, how many millions of people were killed, through constant persecutions of believers. I mean, again, even indirectly, if you count things like communism, Islam, all these things were created by the Jesuits. And these things killed massive numbers of Christians, of believers. So yeah, it was given the power to make war, crusades, Islam, communism, on the saints, i.e. believers, and to conquer them. This is true. And history testifies against the Catholic Church, and I have reported on this countless times. Verse 8, and all who dwell on the earth will worship at everyone whose name was not written before the foundation of the world. Yes, it's a worldwide power that receives worship. AI is not being worshipped. Now, of course, there people are, are always idolizing things. But the Catholic Church is the one that's ruled for 1260 years as a first beast, received a mortal wound, seemed like it did, came back to power, and now is slowly integrating things to itself. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. Indeed, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. Because the first beast is what the image of the beast is an image of, if that makes sense. An image is an image. It's a statue in normal understanding. It's an image. It's a representation. When people build images in the Old Testament, they were building representations of spiritual demons and realities that they were worshiping. And they believed that that had power of some kind. Now, if John sees that this beast, which is a kingdom, receives help from another beast, which is another kingdom in power, by the way, the second beast, which is the United States, spoiler alert. And this second power deceives people by false signs and wonders into building an image to the first beast. What does that mean in context? It means that this second kingdom in power, which is the second beast, which is the United States, I go into great depth about this, and it's very easy to prove, actually. We have a statue of Lucifer in New York, for crying out loud. Founding fathers were all secret society members. This was never a Christian nation. The pilgrims were Christian, but it wasn't a nation when the pilgrims came here. America is a Luciferian experiment. America is the home of mega churches, the charismatic movement, all these prosperity gospel things, you know, Pentecostalism, all the things that have warped and twisted Protestantism into fertile ground for the papacy to integrate them back into itself. Sounds crazy. It really does. But if you follow these things like I have, you will not be surprised. You will not think it's crazy.
This is going to be the birthplace of the new thing. What is the new thing? The new thing is a new image, a new system. The false prophet is deceiving the world through false signs and wonders like Hollywood, like Passion of the Christ, like The Chosen, like all the things that I will cover and I will continue to cover and that I have covered into a new reality, a new system. And that system will be, according to John, a representation of the first beast. Well, what was the first beast? The first beast was a Christian nationalist empire under the Pope. Okay, so John tells you that this second beast will create an environment where people will be so enamored with these values, with these cultural narratives, that they will build for themselves a representation of this original system. Meaning, Christian nationalism is rising in the United States, and it is, and it will become the dominant thing. And then it's going to be exported to the rest of the world, because the, the role of the false prophet is to deceive the world into building this system. Why? Because in Revelation 17, the final vision that John sees is of Mystery Babylon, which is the woman, i.e. the church, riding the beast, meaning a, a governmental system. It's a union of church and state. I've talked about this so many times. Now, what's very important is, Revelation 17 also tells you that the kings of the earth will give their power to the woman. Well, the way they can do that, which is the way that they did for 1,400 years, is through a, a nationalist city-state type worldwide system where the Pope is the ultimate authority, but you have nationalist city-states or you know nations, kingdoms, and then they all swear allegiance to this one religious system. That already happened for 1,400 years. History repeats itself. <clears throat> and if you're not wise to history, you will think that I'm crazy. You will think that these things are, ah, whatever, that's not going to happen. Nobody cares about the Pope. Well, you'd be surprised. The Pope is always in every major political conflict as the peacemaker. He's bringing the world's religions together. The Catholic Church is constantly doing ecumenism within Christianity and outside of Christianity. They're doing, I cover this stuff all the time. Events like with the Buddhists, with the Hindus, with other religions, with China. I just covered that like two weeks ago, I think. I mean, it is everywhere because Catholicism is the counterfeit that the Bible warned you about. It is hungry for world power. It had world dominion, and it will come back to world dominion because the Bible warns you that it will. So this is the problem that people aren't seeing. This is the beast is Catholicism. It is the papal institution running this counterfeit of Christianity. The man of sin who stepped in the temple, which is the church, the true church, the body of believers, and proclaim himself to be God. And of course, they're fooling you, thinking that the Jews need to build a, a third temple for some charming guy to walk into who's not a Christian and proclaim himself to be God. That's what everybody's waiting on. Oh my gosh, the Jews are building a third temple. Well, what if that's not the truth? What if AI is not the image of the beast? What if that's designed to make you to distract you from the actual image, which is a Christian nationalist system. Do you see how that's much more subtle and requires much more context to discern? It's not low-hanging fruit by any means. It's not obvious. And that's the point. The obvious stuff is what you need to avoid. If something is immediately obvious to you, you need to learn to perk up like that fennec fox. Perk up your ears, man, and start listening. Because if it's obvious then there's an agenda. That's the devil's hallmark. Make it obvious. Make it obvious so you go for the bait because he wants you either to go to the left or to the right. Accept what, whether you're afraid or desire or whatever else, just go somewhere. Democrat, Republican, just get off the narrow road. Do not look on the narrow road. And the narrow road for Bible prophecy is historicism because God created a Bible and a book and instruction manual for anybody born at any particular time to be able to look in the Bible and say, where am I in this unfolding drama of human history that reveals the glory of God? Where am I in this? Not just for a handful of people and Jews in the future 
or just for a handful of people and Jews in the past. Do you see? This is preterism, futurism, both Jesuit inventions, by the way. Left or right, or right or left, whichever way. I guess for me, this is right. But anyway, either way, the point is, get off the narrow road. Don't look on the narrow road of history, because that requires you to have discernment and research. So AI is not the image of the beast. Will it be used to enforce the coming worldwide system? Yeah, absolutely. It will be used to enforce the mark of the beast, most likely. But again, the mark of the beast is not a chip. It's not a jib jab. It's nothing physical. It's not an identity card. It's not a passport. It's going to be a spiritual thing because a mark means you are marked for obedience. You are elect. Now, the Bible distinguishes between two people all the time, either the elect of God or basically the ones that the devil gets. And the devil at the end will have his own counterfeit elect. That's what the mark of the beast is, meaning the people that aren't chosen by God, that God has given up for destruction, those are going to be the devils. And they will gladly take the mark of obedience because that's the mark. When you take it on your forehead or your hand, it is a sign of whether you believe or whether you're just doing it. You're not necessarily believing it, but you're doing it just to be comfortable and to fit in. It's not a jab in your arm or your forehead or whatever else. It's not a barcode. There may be barcodes used to enforce it, for sure, but the mark is going to be a spiritual thing. If you want to learn more about that, then check out my end time series. So stop watching sci-fi movies, stop listening to Elon Musk, read your Bible, and learn your history. <laughs> <laughs>